In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged that he might be with Jesus, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Thus far, St. Luke. The next best thing to being with Jesus is talking about Jesus. And what if talking about Jesus were no more complex than what Jesus tells that Gerasene man? Declare how much God has done for you. Sometimes we get ourselves so worked up about the right way and the wrong way to share the gospel that we, ever, that we never actually get around to sharing the gospel. The thought that we might not have all the answers or know enough theology or remember our apologetics is often enough to paralyze us from even trying. We know, too, what can go wrong with personal testimonies and how, for one reason or another, they so often go sideways. But even so, Jesus speaks a very simple word to that garrison man, and it's worth our considering. Declare how much God has done for you. Jesus isn't saying, talk about things you don't grasp. He's saying, talk about those things you do grasp. Declare what God has done for you. Declare how much God has done for you. Of course, that would require you to stop and think and put into words what God has done for you. It requires us to focus on what Jesus has done for us and on what we do have rather than on what he hasn't yet done for us and what we don't have. That almost sounds like it would be good for the soul. Let me say that one more time. It requires that we focus on what Jesus has done and on what we do have, rather than on what he hasn't yet done and on what we don't have. Not only does that sound like a recipe for an easy way to share Jesus with others, it also sounds like a recipe for joy. What has God done for you? Think on that. Dwell on that. And then talk about it. In fact, Jesus says to that man, return to your home and declare what God has done for you. Could you, can you even imagine what it would be like if the dominant conversations in our own homes was not our problems or our stresses or our to-do lists, but rather declaring unto one another what God has done for us? How profoundly that would change our lives. But of course, that assumes that we're actually talking to one another at home and not just with our faces in iPhones while sitting in the same room. It might go like this. Hi, honey, how was your day? Well, my day began when I made the sign of the cross. And even though I'm not much of a morning person, I remember that God loves me, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that the Father has given you to me, along with all that I have, that the Son has laid down his life to take away all my sins, from my foolish past to the very present, that the Spirit has enlightened me with his gospel, set the sacraments before me, and filled me with faith, hope, and love. And that was all before I even got into the shower. Let me tell you what God did for me later in the day. 
when I got to work and you-know-who started getting after me again. No, I don't want to wallow in the details. I've done that far too much. I want to get on to what God did for me. He led me to remember the great debt of sin that I had once owed him and how he has forgiven me so freely. And suddenly you're not going to believe this. I got a heart for old so-and-so. I realized that the entire debt that old so-and-so owed me was as nothing compared to the debt that the Lord Jesus has forgiven me. So I prayed. Can you believe it? Actually me. I prayed for old so-and-so. And you know what? I decided that every time they do something awful to me, I'm going to pray that God would forgive them just as he has forgiven me. Can you imagine what our homes would be like if we would talk this way? And even if that's unrealistic, if we would get anywhere close. How different it would be if every day we spoke to one another about all the things that God has done for us. And if not in our homes, because I understand that's not always possible, then how about in our hearts? How different our hearts would be if our inner monologue were one of praise. Praise for all that God has done. Here's a fact. We choose to be miserable and make those around us miserable. If all we ever do is return home and talk about misery, declare unto one another what God has not yet done and what we do not have, can there be any wonder why it seems like life is just one misery after another? Jesus would have our hearts, and if possible our homes, so full of his gospel that his gospel would simply flow out naturally. God so loves us that he gave his only son. The son so loves us that he laid down his life for us. There is no condemnation in him. The spirit so loves us that he fills our ears with God's word and our hearts with joy, even in the midst of all these sufferings. And he has made our souls into the home of Christ, Christ in him crucified, Christ in him risen. There's such playfulness and joy in Luke's account, the way he wrote it. The man out of whom Jesus had cast the demon loves Jesus so much. Did you catch it? Jesus says, return to your home and declare. And what's the next thing we read? The man had gone throughout the entire city. Jesus declares, says, declare all that God has done for you. And what's the next thing we read? The man declared all that Jesus had done for him. Because there was no doubt in this man's mind that Jesus was God and that the entire city needed to know it. Exactly one chapter earlier in Luke, Luke records an account that's very much like this one. A woman of the city, a sinner, if you catch Luke's drift, began to watch, wash Jesus' feet with her tears and dry them with her hair. The host was a Pharisee, and he was outraged at the display he saw. The last thing that Jesus says to the Pharisee is this, whoever is forgiven little loves little. There's a puzzle there to be unlocked, and when it's unlocked, it looks like this. We have all been forgiven so much. 
much more than we can even imagine or comprehend. But some think that they only have a very little that needs to be forgiven. And it is these who love very little. That woman of the city and that man possessed by demons both knew how much they had been forgiven. And so they loved Jesus with a love that is boundless and amazing. One doesn't begin to love Jesus more by trying harder to love Jesus more. One loves Jesus more by realizing two things. First, the debt of sin. And second, the fact that Jesus has forgiven it. And not just forgiven it as if by fiat, but that he has taken it as his own. Your very sins as his own and borne our sins in his body on the tree, as the scriptures say. The love of Jesus. He doesn't merely forgive your sins. He bears them as his very own. He suffers them as his very own. He makes atonement for them in his own body. If you and I truly know, knew how much it is that we have been forgiving, forgiven, then weeping, we would wash his feet too and gladly forgive all the sins committed against us as if they were nothing. Without even thinking about it, we declare all that God, all that Jesus had done for us every chance we got. Don't dwell on what God has not yet done for you or on what you do not yet have. Dwell on what God has done for you, what he has given, what you do have. As St. Paul says, sing and make melody in your heart to the Lord. For God is so gracious in Christ Jesus, he even forgives all our negativity even forgives all our grousing and all our thanklessness. Now, God willing, we'll never know what it is to be possessed by demons, let alone a legion of them, like that poor man was in the country of the Gerasenes. But on the other hand, we do know what it is like to be possessed by sin, to be controlled by the old Adam in us. No demon has forced us to make our homes amongst the tombs, but that hasn't stopped us from making ourselves much too much at home in this dead and dying world. No legion of demons has taken us out of our right minds, but too often we have freely chosen the insanity of sin, to sin against the God we know exists and the one to whom we will give an account. And yet, from all your sins, from every last one of them, Jesus has set you free. While we were still enemies of God, God reconciled us to himself through the death of his son. God is indeed just. The cross shows us that too. But he is also the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Not reckoning, not counting our sins against us. Not one of them. What has Jesus done for you? What has Jesus done for me? More than we can imagine. More than we can comprehend. For in his body he bears our sins on the tree. And in pure, uncomplaining, selfless love, without any bitterness or resentment, with resolve 
and yes, even with joy, Jesus willingly took every blow from rod and scourge, willingly took the crown of thorns, willingly took the shame, and so mocked and despised it, willingly was lifted up, willingly breathed his last, and his holy, sin-cleansing, all-sufficient blood flowed forth for you and for me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.